Good. So, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Salam, Ala Rasulillah. So, there was this group of young men who had embraced Islam at the time of the Prophet and they said, we, we see what the Prophet is doing, but we want to do even more than that. He prays some of the night and then sleeps. Us, we want to stay. Uh, one, one of them said, I'm going to stay up all night and pray all night. Another one said, he gets married. Well, I'm going to stay unmarried and then just worship Allah more. Another one said, the Prophet fasts sometimes and sometimes doesn't fast. Me, I'm going to fast all the time. And so they had this, the Prophet found out about this and said, bring them, bring them to me. And then he said, I'm out. and then he told them, is, it, is this what you said? You're going to do all these things even more than me? أَمَا وَاللَّهِ إِنِّي لَأَخْشَاكُمْ لِلَّهِ وَأَتْقَاكُمْ لَهُ وَلَكِنِّي أَصُومُ وَأُفْتِرُ وَأُصَلِّ وَأَرْقُدُ وَأَتَزَوَّجَ النِّسَاءِ That by Allah, I am more submissive to Allah and more afraid of Him than you. I fast, I break my fast. I sleep and I, I, I also, I, I, I pray in the night and then I also sleep. And I also marry women. So, so this is the important part. فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي Whoever uh, 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 it abandons or neglects my sunnah, my, my way, then he is not from amongst me. In other words, don't say that, oh, I hear your sunnah, but I'm going to do my own thing. You know, or yours is okay, but I'm going to go ex- more extreme. Things like that, or, or I shouldn't say more extreme, I should go more to an extreme, I should say it that way. And so all of this is uh, unacceptable. So, khair inshallah, that covers for shahada, la ilaha illallah, Muhammad rasulullah. Then comes wa iqamat salah so, because we covered the, the shahada portion a little bit last time, this is more new information, so I'll slow down a little bit, inshallah. <laughs> so, what does the term salah imply? The word salah, there's lughatan and istilahan. Does anybody know what these terms mean? Lughatan, istilahan? Lughatan means from a linguistic perspective, and istilahan means what? From a? Sorry? Yeah, yeah, exactly. From a technical perspective. From a, you know, from the context of the, of, of, of the faith. So, lughatan, linguistically, the word salah implies dua. It means supplication, prayer. Like, I'm praying, so I'm making dua, I'm supplicating. However, the technical meaning is obviously the prayer of raising your hand. Well, you know, uh, uh, the ritual five times daily prayer, right? Making wudu, facing qibla, saying takbir, etc., etc., the whole process. So, what's interesting is that the Prophet didn't say just, you know, that he prays. You know, Yusallun uh, or something like this. The Prophet says what? وَإِقَامِ الصَّلَةِ That they establish the prayer. And it just so happens that in the Qur'an, you continuously find this particular wording. That the believers establish the prayer. Why is it so explicitly mentioned this way? Why not? Musalli. Now if you go to the Qur'an, you will find the word Musallin or Musalli three times in the Qur'an. And it seems to be the case that إِقَامَةِ الصَّلَةِ To establish the prayer... Versus musalli, to perform the prayer, are very different things. So let's take a look at the three times that Allah mentions performing the prayer. So one time is, إِلَّا الْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَهُمْ عَلَىٰ صَلَاتِهِمْ دَائِمُونَ So Allah mentions in Surah uh, Ma'arij. Allah says what? That mentioning certain negative qualities, and then after that says, the people who will be saved from these negative qualities are those who perform the prayer. And then after mentioning the performance of the prayer, Allah describes all the different ways you could say that the salah has an effect upon them. That they are those who, they are persistent in their prayer. And they know that the rights of their wealth that they have to give to those who ask and those who are uh, uh, deprived. And, and, and they you know, fulfill their oaths and they uh, are chaste and so on and so forth. Allah gives a full list uh, 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 from ayat 22 to 34 about how the salah has, a, has, an, ex, has a, uh, uh, an internal dimension as well as the external. The external dimension is just the physical prayer. But then look at how it affects their behavior. So, musalli, the one who performs prayer, 
is being associated or you could say, um, uh, 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 you know, um, supplemented with all of these descriptions. And then when you look at the other context of this word musalli, the one who is performing the prayer, Allah says, قَالُوا لَمْ نَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُصَلِّينَ These are the disbelievers in Surah Al-Mudathir. Uh, the disbelievers saying what? That why was I sent to hell? When the, when the believers asked them, why were you sent to the hellfire? They say, we weren't of those who performed the prayer. They didn't understand the internal dimension. So they say, we, we should have just been performing the prayer. Not understanding that it's not just the external actions. You see? And the last one is what? فَوَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ Woe to those who just do the external act of the prayer. You see? So subhanAllah, it seems that musalli, the one who does the external act of prayer, it either needs to be described in more detail that there's more than just the external act. And if not, then it's being criticized actually. Because this is just what the disbelievers say, oh, I should have just been going through the motions. No, it's more than that. You didn't get the point. And as for the, the hypocrite, he is, Allah says, woe to you who just performs the prayer. Everywhere else in the Qur'an, you always find what? الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَةِ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَةِ uh, and so on and so forth, establishing the prayer. So what does it mean to establish the prayer? And this is really the crux. I really hope that we can pay attention to this because if you walk away with nothing else, I hope you really walk away with this important point. What does it mean to establish the prayer? You can look at it from three dimensions, physical, mental, and spiritual. This is what it means to establish your prayer. It means that there's physical, mental, and spiritual. What does that mean, physical, mental, and spiritual, to establish the prayer? Establishing the prayer physically means what? Well, first of all, we have to build the masjid. It means being responsible as a community. May Allah subhanahu wa bless all of you, part of this community who built this one and the one next door that's being built right now, alhamdulillah. That, that's what it means. You're establishing the prayer by putting the groundwork, doing the planning, collecting the money, establishing, you know, having, making sure that the sound system works and the, everything's clean and so on and so forth. That, that takes a lot of work. So, subhanahu this is establishing the salah in a community. It also means what? Making wudu, physical, the physical external actions of having the area, making with the wudu, making sure that your clothes are clean, making sure that you're facing qibla, making sure that you recite the proper ayat and that you have the right proper positions. This is all the external physical dimensions. But then of course there is the mental aspect. The mental aspect is what? Understanding the words, knowing what you're saying in the Arabic language and contemplating the meaning that is basically like tafsir. Right? Knowing what is being said and all the different, like, you know, let's say, uh, uh, scholarly commentary and all the different reflections and, and benefits and points and gems that you get from these ayat. That's the mental aspect to actually think about it. And then the spiritual aspect is, like, you could say also the emotional aspect, what you're feeling inside. And what is that? Fear and hope, humility, love, reverence, reliance, etc., etc., etc. All these different emotional states. So next time you hear, don't just think it's, oh, you're saying takbir Allah but I'm going through the motions. Think that there is a physical aspect, there is an intellectual aspect, and that there is a spiritual aspect as well. All th and so, subhanAllah, next time somebody says to you, you know, I just don't feel like praying. I don't know what it is, but I'm not connected to my prayer. You know, I, I, I'm not in the mood to. I, I feel like I pray, but I'm not really into it, and I don't know what to do about it. A lot of people come to me with these type of issues, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Many people, they get, you know, have these types of conversations. I would say, how are you establishing the prayer? Are you attacking it or uh, attacking? Are you c confronting it or, or, or dealing with it in a physical and mental and spiritual from, per, from those perspectives? And if not, maybe that is exactly what is lacking. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. The Prophet says about Salah, Inna rajula, uh, la yansarifu wa ma kutiba lahu illa uh, ashru, uh, ashru salatihi, uh, tusuha, thumunuha, 
that a man returns after his prayer while he only got a tenth or a ninth or an eighth or a seventh or a sixth or a fifth or a third or a half of, of that prayer recorded for him. So this is what, so it could be the case that you're praying your salah and you only got one tenth of it or a ninth or an eighth, etc., etc., all the way up to a half even or maybe the whole thing. So in other words, you don't know how much ajr you got. And again, what does it depend on? How particular were you about your wudu? How particular were you about the cleanliness of your clothes? How particular were you about making sure you're in the right frame of mind? Qibla, khushu'a. Were you paying attention to the words? Were you doing tafakkur? Were you sincere? Were you saying, ihdina sirat al-mustaqim? Ya Allah, guide me to the straight path. Did you really, did you from your heart, were you asking for guidance? Etc. Were you paying attention? This is going to depend, this is what's going to determine how much of your salah you get the ajr for. Salah is so important that subhanAllah, it gets revealed at what times? When Musa alayhi salam is in the divine presence, he has salah mentioned. Uh, established prayer for my remembrance. That the Prophet got the prayer established when? During Isra wal Mi'raj. That's when it was established. Instead of the wahi and the revelation coming to him, he went to it. That goes to show how heavy of a command was coming, the command of the salah. In Surah Al Mu'minun, when Allah describes those who are believers and successful, the first description is, that they have khushu'ah. So subhanAllah, over and over and over again, we find that salah is the most, so, so, so important. The first thing that will be taken account of on judgment day is the prayer. If it is sound, then the rest of his deeds are sound. If it is uh, sound, the rest of his deeds are sound. If it is corrupt, then the rest of his deeds will be corrupt. Everything, that, that first issue is the crux of the matter. Your salah. Do you take it seriously? Physically, mentally, spiritually. Salah is an outward protection. As Allah says, That outwardly, it's going to protect you from what? From uh, uh, immorality and wrongdoing. And inwardly, it's going to protect you as well. Inwardly, it's going to protect you. That indeed a human being is, is created anxious. You have internal problems. You have this anxiety. And when evil touches him, you get impatient. And then when good touches you, you become cheap and, and, and you start to withhold. And you become stingy. Except for those who pray. So subhanAllah, whether it be external fitna or whether it be internal fitna, salah is a protection for you. SubhanAllah. That we know that the خمس صلوات افترض افترض هن افترض هن الله الله تعالى من أحسن وضوءهن that Allah Taala the Exalted has made five prayers obligatory upon you if anybody performs the wudu properly and offers them at the right time and observes perfectly their bowing and their submiss and their and their prostration and so forth it is what كان له على الله عهد أن يغفر له whoever performs these salawat regularly then they have what a guarantee from Allah that they will be forgiven subhanallah beautiful beautiful hadith that this is now because you're doing your duty Allah Taala says don't worry I am guaranteeing you your forgiveness. That subhanAllah, the Prophet says that, what do you think about a person who has a big river, a nice deep river right outside of his house, and he goes and washes in it five times a day? Do you think there's going to be any dirt on him? The Sahaba said, no. Somebody who washes that many times a day, subhanAllah, it's going to be extremely pure and clean, no matter what type of dirt uh, work he does in the dirt, or what type of how, how heavy his work is, dust will not remain, dirt will not remain. Because it's just too often you're getting washed off. So in that exact same way, فَذَلِكَ مِثْلُ الصَّلَوَاتِ الْخَمْسِ 
yamhullahu biha al-khataya. That that is the example of the five daily prayers which Allah blots out every uh, and annuls the evil deeds. Subhanallah. The Prophet says, As-salatu al-khamsu wal-jum'atu ila al-jum'ati kafaratun lima baynahunna. That the five daily prayers and from Jum'ah to Jum'ah, they are expiations. They expiate that which is between them, as in from week to week and by day by day, by moment by moment. Everything in between gets expiated uh, uh, by the uh, ni'mah of Allah Ta'ala. That salah is your source of strength. Allah Ta'ala says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek Allah's help through patience and through prayer. So subhanAllah, salah has so many roles in the life of the believer. Now, the big question, and I'll finish with this inshallah ta'ala. The one who doesn't pray, is he a believer or a disbeliever? Depends. Okay. Depends. <laughs> Mashallah. So, let's say you, you don't pray because you were forgetful or because you slept. And then, inshallah ta'ala, you know what's wrong and you make qada. Unanimous, unanimously, that person is still a believer. Why? Because they messed up, not because they were arrogant, not because purposefully they just slept, they were neglectful. Oh my God, what's the time? Oh, I can't believe it. Astaghfirullah, you make qada, etc. Unanimously, this person is not, has not done kufr. Good. However, if a person, let's say, rejects that it is obligatory. I don't believe that there's such thing as salah. I don't think I have to do it. This is kufr, unanimously. If somebody doesn't disbelieves in salah, then that means they're disbelieving basically in how many ayat of the Qur'an, how many ahadith, forget about it, gone. They just disbelieve. If they are too proud to do it, I know I have to, but no, I won't, I reject it. Then disbeliever, unanimously. If they ridicule, it's ridiculous going up, down, this, that, why should I do that? If they ridicule in any way whatsoever, this is kufr, unanimously. If they uh, uh, simply disregard it, like I have, I don't care, I don't care at all, then this is considered a disbelief as well, unanimously. However, the person who has weakness, not because they, like, like we're sleeping, or uh, not because, you know, they forgot, and they just genuinely forgot, but no, they just, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy, I'm weak, you know, sometimes I just don't do it, right? Such a person, this is where the difference of opinion comes in. And there's, yes, two schools of thought. One is that such a person who actually uh, misses these prayers, and again, it's not because of forgetfulness, not because he was asleep, but he just, you know, I'm, I'm lazy and some, sometimes I miss, or maybe oftentimes I miss. Such a person is a disbeliever because the Prophet says, as you just mentioned, Subhanallah, it's pretty heavily worded. It's heavy wording, Sahih Muslim. What is between a man and shirk and kufr is what? The leaving of the prayer. Do, not my words. I didn't make this stuff up. You know, this is the Sahih Muslim authentic hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Can we get, take it in the end? Just remember, it. we'll get it at the end. I just want to finish these few last points. Another hadith, Sunan al Nasa'i, and also it is Sahih. Inna la'ahd al-ladhi baynana wa baynahum al-salah, faman tarakaha faqad kafara. That the covenant that stands between us and them is al-salah. Whoever abandons it, abandons it, has committed kufr, kafara. He is disbelieved. And uh, 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 that the Prophet says what also? This is in Ibn Majah, and it's considered a Hassan hadith. Wala tatruk. Don't even abandon one single salatan maktubatan, one single prescribed prayer, like of the five. Don't leave one of them. Muta'amidan, purposefully. Why? فَمَنْ تَرَكَهَا مُتَعَمِّدًا فَقَدَ بَرِئَتْ مِنْهُ الذِّمَّةُ 
Yes. That do not leave any prescribed prayer deliberately, for whoever neglects it deliberately no longer has Allah's protection. No longer has protection, as in protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over top of him. Subhanallah. Now, the other opinion is that no, he is just weak. And I, I think I mentioned this before about how uh, Imam al-Shafi'i and Imam uh, Ahmed ibn Hanbal, if I remember correctly, I could be incorrect about this, but from what I remember, they had a debate about this and they went back and forth. And Ahmed ibn Hanbal was saying, Rahimullah, no, it's disbelief. Imam al-Shafi'i was saying, well, how is it disbelief? And uh, I can't remember all the details, but it was basically, he was saying, oh, he goes, okay, fine, if it's disbelief, then how do you become Muslim again? He goes, well, you start praying salah again. How can a kafir pray salah? And he's like, right. And he goes, uh, uh, he goes, well, then you're supposed to say your shahada. And he goes, well, he already, he already said his shahada. The shahada never left. He's like, right. <laughs> so, so Allah, it seems Imam al-Shafi'i was very clever. And he was trying to find holes with the, the logic here and saying, no, he's a believer. And he has evidence. The evidence is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which is also authentic. It's in Sunan Abi Dawood. It's a sahih hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ, I actually mentioned a part of it. It says that, uh, the Prophet ﷺ says that uh, anybody who praises five daily prayers... Uh, if he does so, then he is what? Then he has a guarantee, as an ahdi, as a covenant between Allah, that Allah will pardon his sins. The second part of that hadith, it continues and says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَفْعَلْ فَلَيْسَ لَهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ عَهْدٌ Whoever doesn't do those five daily prayers, there is no covenant between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet says what? إِنْ شَاءَ غَفَرَ غَفَرَ لَهُ وَإِنْ شَاءَ عَذَّبَهُ If Allah wants, he will forgive him. And if he wants, he will punish him. The fact that the Prophet said that if he wants, he will forgive him means what? That such a person perhaps is not a kafir. Does everybody get this point? So these are the two opinions. They have their evidence, and Allah Ta'ala knows best. So there is some hope. But at the same time, look, let's, let's make it very straightforward. Do you really want to be somebody who your iman is debatable? You get my point? Like, why would you want to be in a position where your, is, forget, your Islam, the basis of your deen, is a difference of opinion? And a, and a valid one at that. Like, do you really want to be in such a position? I don't think anybody should be in such a position. No, you don't want to be in a position where your whole, your whole Islam is like in the balance. It's like a maybe. It's a toss-up. It's like, you know, we're trying to figure, subhanAllah al-azim. So may Allah Ta'ala protect us. And, uh, and uh, I mean, I think really it boils down to, you know, where's the person at in their deen? Like, you know, if somebody just embraced Islam, you know, sometimes they miss out of laziness, but sometimes they make it up, right? But they're, you know, they're working on it. You know, they're, they're at, or maybe sometimes a, a person was a Muslim for a long time, but they were never practicing, and now they're starting to become practicing. And so sometimes they miss, sometimes they catch it, they're trying to work on themselves. So maybe they're in that in-between zone where it's, they're not really fully strong, and they're not, you know, they're, they're working on themselves. So Allah, and maybe that's where the difference of opinion lies, and Allah knows best. The final hadith I'll mention, that is a very beautiful uh, 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 and uh, motivating hadith, which shows us the importance of salah. Uh, the Prophet says what? رَأْسُ الْأَمْرِ islam That the head of the matter is Islam. وَعَمُودُهُ الصَّلَاةِ And its pillar. And this time the Prophet didn't talk about five pillars. talk about its pillar, like the whole pillar. One, you could say like a central pillar, is what? الصَّلَاةِ And وَذِرْوَةُ سَنَامِهِ الْجِهَادِ And its apex is, and its highest point, its apex is jihad, fighting fi sabi That is its apex. So inshallah ta'ala, with that, we will, if you can, yes, with that, we will close and open it up for comments and questions. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who believe in Allah and His Messenger and pray our salah. Ameen ya rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.